Hello, and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast, where we are dedicated to effective thinking for potent exercise. The conversations between myself, my co-host, and our guests who are outside of the box thinkers in fitness or health range from exercise science, movement science, exercise mechanics, holistic health, how our body adapts to exercise, and even embracing curiosity and asking really good questions about how our body is unique and how it responds to exercise. Today's episode is a conversation between myself and two other of my esteemed colleagues, Mariska Breland Breland, and Tara Becker. We discuss strength training, pull-ups, Pilates, yoga, posture, injuries in yoga, all with the, from the scope of using the fuse ladder and how much it has benefited our personal practice and our business practice of staying strong despite difficult circumstances. And when I say difficult circumstances, you would never guess that my guest, Mariska, has had MS for 20 years. And before I uh, let you know more about this episode and give you the sneak peek, because it is a good one, I have a few announcements. <laughs> First, the if you may have seen, you may have heard, but we have a new website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com, and new social channels, thinkfitbefit underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We will be hosting lives and giving you the opportunity to dive deeper with us and learn more about your exercise and potentially have intellectual conversations about exercise. Imagine that because that's not happening a lot. (laughs) We are used to such a one-dimensional view of exercise and how we're supposed to feel, but that's not how it actually works. So therefore, we must think fit before we can be fit. The second announcement is that we have a free guide for you. We just need your email address in exchange for a hamstring freedom guide. It is for people who are tired of stretching and foam rolling their hamstrings and are looking for a more effective approach. Check that out at movementpathways.com, which is also the signature course that I have been teaching for two years online and uh, to my clients. Okay, so thank you for hanging out for those few announcements. This episode was originally inspired by the Fuse Ladder and how much we use it, meaning Tara and I in the Alexandria studio, Impact Your Fitness. What I loved about this episode was getting to know Mariska a bit more and her super interesting story, as well as getting Tara's insight as a Pilates instructor and using this equipment. 
I'm so strength-based, and you will definitely hear more about that in this episode. Strength training, pull-ups, and increasing bone density actually is one of our topics as well. So we also discuss avoiding injury as a yogi. We discuss utilizing the ladder for power, flexibility, and corrective exercise, which is what we do at the studio, and feeling empowered by pull-ups, like the empowerment as a female getting um, to that major goal, I think, and we talk about that as well, and working with spring tension versus other types of resistance, which is a good conversation for the trainers. We talk about misconceptions about balance training, online exercise with uh, different training systems and how Mariska is using her platform for online video training and classes. And of course, we talk about the limitations that a lot of other modalities have, like yoga, Pilates, and even different types of strength training, how it doesn't address all of the things that we need. So the fuse ladder is an eight in one fitness system. And that's why all of these different concepts and modalities of exercise are being discussed today because we all come together on this eight in one fitness system. Please check it out at fuseladder.com and fuseladder on Instagram. So our guest Mariska Freeland is the creator of the Fuse Ladder. She also owned the well-known Pilates studio in Washington, D.C. called Fuse Pilates on 14th Street. And she has such an interesting personal story with exercise and the healing capacity of exercise, as well as not defining her fitness by medical status, age, or limitations. A true badass. Very excited to introduce you to her. She was first introduced Pilates in the late 90s, and in 2002, she was diagnosed with MS, and exercise and yoga were recommended to her because she couldn't run anymore. And, you know, there's a really great, beautiful story in here because through teaching and improving her body, she has become a business studio owner, equipment owner, patent holder, and has been on a beautiful long journey with fitness. So there's much more to her story than what I can offer here today, but she has studied medical neuroscience and has spent countless personal training and personal hours in neurophysical therapy. So she um, has had MS most of her adult life and that has greatly influenced what she's done as far as, you know, helping people. Um, directly one-on-one but the fitness 
the fuse ladder is impacting the fitness industry on a bigger scale. And we kind of talk about that transition from a business perspective and her personal one. Tara is also joining us today and she is my own Pilates teacher and she works in my uh, business, Impact Your Fitness in Alexandria, Virginia. So again, a great insight. She has uh, studied Pilates, yoga, and many neurological conditions and has dedicated herself to a Pilates teacher journey of continuing education and just like never stops on that journey. And it's always impressive and exciting to hear about what she's learning and how she's applying that to her many virtual clients now. But um, hopefully that will change soon and we will be in person teaching our clients. Anyways, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Please check us out at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com and thinkfitbefit underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at impact underscore your underscore fitness on Instagram at genimpact on Twitter. You can reach Tara on Instagram at tararose224 or at impactyourfitness.net. Mariska can be found on Instagram at Mariska Breland, Fuse Ladder, and The Noro Studio. I have all of those links attached in the show notes. I also encourage you to check her website out, mariskabreland.com, M-A-R-I-S-K-A-B-R-E-L-A-N-D.com. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This intro took way too many takes, and I uh, truly hope you enjoy this episode and that I see you on socials. Hello, and thank you so much for being here. I have a colleague, a good friend, as well as, gosh, one of our, like, inspirations. (laughs) And uh, this is our first, like, um, three-way podcast on Think Fit, Be Fit. So that's a kind of, it's exciting for me. And um, the really fun part about Uh, doing this particular recording is that I'm able to um, talk about something that I use probably three to five times a week. And that is my fuse ladder. And if any of you follow me on uh, Instagram, you'll get a lot of action (laughs) um, from me and my fuse ladder. So um, I'll let my guests introduce themselves. Tara, we'll start with you. What's on your t-shirt and tell us who you are. Yes. Well, first I'll introduce myself. I'm Tara Becker. I am a Pilates and yoga instructor and I work with Jen at Impact Your Fitness in Alexandria, Virginia. And I've been teaching Pilates for a few years and I also am a student of our other guest, Mariska Vreeland. And I adore her. Um, But yes, what's on my t-shirt, it says, 
Every moment of our life can be the beginning of great things. It's a quote from Joseph Pilates. So I'm not going to lie. I'm wearing this because it's clean and I like it. But. <laughs> yeah. You always have good t-shirts. You're, you're uh, reliable in many ways. And that is one of them. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Mariska, hello. And thank you hello. so much for scheduling this and making time for us. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Please um, introduce yourself. And So my name is Mariska Breland. Um, I'm here because I created the Fuse Ladder and the workouts that are part of the repertoire, though it's been expanded a lot by the people who own it. Um, I've been teaching Pilates since 2003, which dates me some, um, but I teach, you know, regular workouts, but I also teach workouts specifically designed for people with neurological diseases. Um, and I, back when we used to travel and do things like that before COVID, I used to travel all over the world. I actually should be in Australia right about now, um, mm-hmm. teaching that workshop, but instead I'm in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've, you know, I like, I like your basement cause that's where you do all your filming. And, um, I've, you know, I've, I've looked at the manual and some of your videos often. And so it's, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not the worst place, but it's, it's not, I, I would say I have a better quarantine situation yeah. than almost anyone because I have a home studio that's literally got everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to use battle ropes? Because my husband just bought some. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I feel like the fuse ladder has absolutely made my um, quarantine experience um, uh, n- like a gain and not a loss. Like I cannot tell you how grateful I am for this. And I'm sorry, Tara, like I'm just rubbing it in your face. I already have been. So Tara's been teaching. Me vir- yeah, that was mean. Um, so Tara's been teaching me virtually while using um, the system. And we've had, you know, just uh, we've, I, I've made so much progress. Like, so it's awesome. <laughs> um, what was the like, in, what's the inspiration for the latter? Did the neurological stuff come first? The, the teacher? Oh, no, stuff? no. It's like, we like to think that there's like this fabulous story about like, I wanted to revolutionize fitness and like, whatever, but it was true story. My business partner and I were about to sign a lease, which thank God we didn't sign on this huge space in Arlington. We were going to open, um, our studio was going to have a second location in Arlington and it was massive. I mean, I want to say there was like 4,000 square feet and we were trying to think what we would do with all of that square footage because we're like, okay, we can have group math classes and group Pilates, but we also have all this other space and we're going to have to have other classes going on. And so we thought we would bring in like a yoga partner and we'd have yoga classes. And then we're like looking at how the space could be designed And, um, like a lot of people are like, are you going to have bar? And, um, to go back to roughly 2005, I would say I was probably one of the first three bar teachers in DC. So I taught at BFIT, which was originally a pure bar, um, franchise. It was the first bar studio Mm -hmm. in DC. And it was, um, something I taught there for like five years. I've taught a ton of bar classes, um, I don't love bar. 
So I was like, I don't want to have bar because now there's bar everywhere. And I wanted to have something that was like completely different. And I was, I wanted it to be more Pilates like, and then I didn't want it to be so girly. Cause I feel like a lot of people think of bar as like kind of a girly workout, even though, I mean, it's a hard workout, but still it doesn't tend to attract men to it. So originally I was thinking of like, well, what if we did like a couple of bars at different heights? Cause then you could have one low that you could hold on to and do like rollovers and different things like that. And then you could have, you know, a medium high one and a high one. And then maybe they have like, like spring attachments to them. And then um, I was like, well, actually it's kind of a Pilates thing is stall bars, like a Swedish ladder so that you would have like a wooden ladder, but it's just a wooden ladder. And then it just became like, what if we took a wooden ladder and made like hooks to attach to it? So the original ladder that we used um, that still exists at the Fuse Pilates studio, which I sold um, earlier this year, was, you know, handmade, gorgeous maple wood ladder with um, screws in the side to attach springs. And then we had a furniture maker design the backboard. And then we had a metal worker design the hanging bar. Um, but it was never like, oh, I have this like great idea for fitness. So then we had um, myself and another teacher, Addie, had one um, put up in her garage. So this was before Fuse on 14th opened. Mm -hmm. And we just started playing around with different exercises. And we we're like, oh, we could do this. Or maybe we do, maybe we start with climbing or maybe we do like an end with hanging. And we just sort of figured out what the workout would be. Mm -hmm. And then after teaching it for many years, you just kind of find other exercises. Mm -hmm. And my um, background is in Pilates, but I also am really into gymnastic strength training and like body weight training, and they use ladders a lot. So a lot of the exercises that I started putting in were more based on that, like calisthenics, body weight kind of exercises. So it's sort of developed over time. And then it became something I use with neuro clients because you want them to be standing and a lot of them need something to hold on to. And it just had so much opportunity to make people feel more supported. You could like use the springs to like help hold them up or help get them up. Um, and then holding onto the ladder in different positions. Cause I have people who I work with who are in wheelchairs, but they can stand, they just can't stand for very long periods. And then it was a lot easier for me as a teacher to also have the ladder help spot them. Mm. So it just kind of developed into its own thing. And then um, I knew a equipment designer out of England who helped us design the one that we ended up manufacturing, which is sort of version, whatever we're on now. I think this is about version four because we've changed things. And it's like, whether you have this extra hook or you don't have this extra hook, but the one we have, um, that was really our version three, which mm -hmm. is the metal with the, the sliding um, things and the big overhang bars. That was like um, sort of me working with somebody who is an equipment manufacturer and knew how to like get this stuff made in mass because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and it was yeah. just convenient because he's somebody I worked with um, when I was teaching my neuro courses in Europe. Mm -hmm. Cool. Wow. That, yeah, so, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, That's it was good. just like, yeah, it was just this thing. It sort of happened. Um, I actually originally approached <laughs> Balanced Body 
about making it and they didn't think it was going to something that was going to sell. Mm-hmm. So I'll just like say that. Yeah. Tara just made a face. What was that? Oh, they, actually it was, they, they said that they didn't think I could get it patented. Yeah. We do have a patent. So um, it is patented. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was like, I knew what I want. I knew what it had the potential to be. And I mm-hmm. think um, before the, actual one that like really looks like a piece of exercise equipment was made. I think that what was in my head wasn't necessarily what other people would see, but I will say that when I get um, fitness professionals or physical therapists in front of it, it's always an immediate like, Oh, I could do this. I could do this with it. Heck yeah. That's my, what doing so much research in, owning a studio and trying to equip it in the most efficient way um, for the space and et cetera, you know, and usability. I really admire the creators, the inventors, the patent holders that like want to get different types of professionals involved with the um, what can manifest on the the system, you know, and what you just said, like, kind of res, like, definitely resonates with that. That um, I see a ton of possibilities on the ladder, and um, and there's like a couple things on there that I haven't even touched. We're <laughs> definitely going to come back to that. Um, and the uh, yeah, so I just. Um, yeah, just so many possibilities open up in my mind. And I just, I I don't know. I think that is just the most, uh, that's the most exciting thing about a piece of equipment is seeing. And you made one point, which I didn't think of, but one of our things was um, we've always had mat classes that were really popular. Uh So we needed to have something that wasn't going to take up the floor. So it was like, how can we do stuff that's not going to take up the floor? And I hate spring walls. I think they're just like, I don't know why anyone would buy it like the spring wall thing, because I'm like, you could go to home Depot and buy a piece of wood and put some screws in it and you have a spring wall. It's just, to me, it's like, it's not, it's very limited on Mm -hmm. what you can do with it. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely not something that I wanted to have. I wanted to have something that we had that nobody else had. Mm -hmm. And then originally we were thinking we wanted to franchise it. um, But then we realized that like we didn't want to have that much responsibility in terms of like other people's business. Mm -hmm. And then I've also, you know, I just had people get on it who were from different backgrounds and they were doing different things with it. And once we got, um, you know, a couple hundred of them sold and then we start seeing what people are posting on Instagram, I've gotten so many great ideas on what to do with it by seeing what other people are doing with it. I'm like, I would never thought of that. (laughs) And that's like a really great, idea or, you know, and I feel like we get stuff like that every week that it'll be something that, you know, a lot of it's like, well, I couldn't possibly do that because it's some sort of crazy flexibility thing, or it's like some sort of strength thing that I don't have, but being able to see what other people have, have seen in it. Yeah. I've, um, there's a couple people that will pop up on my Instagram just, I follow because they have a ladder and I think they're acro uh, types, oh, yeah. and they're, re- they're, they're like a couple and uh, they're really yeah. fun to watch. They're um, basically, <laughs> the, they're the resplendence duo. They're, um, in Australia and okay. they basically have a show that's like a Cirque show. 
So if you see their like Instagram stories and stuff like that, I mean, it's like all insane. So basically they're like strong contortionist gymnast types. Um, but they train at the Pilates in, um, uh, Gold Coast area of Australia. And so, um, Sylvia who has a ladder, um, sent some stuff. And then we ended up doing some things where we're like, we would love to see what they come up with. So I actually have a ton of photos and videos of them doing stuff. I kind of feel like I have to spread it out because I don't want people to think that that's our expectation, yeah. mm-hmm. that normal human beings can do those things on the ladder. Yeah. It's like, that's obviously a level of exceptional athletic yep. prowess that mm-hmm most of us wouldn't even aspire to have. Yeah. No, it still looks cool. Yeah. Well, they're entertainers and I really appreciate their athleticism. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just mentioned like the, you know, the everyday person who uses this. And so at impact your fitness where I'm sitting, um, Tara uses the ladder on, you know, our, or trains people on the ladder with a Pilates uh, foundation. Tara, do you use it beyond a Pilates foundation when I'm not here? Because I know I certainly do for myself because I can't even remember. I, I Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm nowhere on Pilates land except as a student. <laughs> right. Um, I'm classically trained in the Pilates police are probably going to get me for saying this and I don't really care. But yes, I do go beyond the Pilates foundation with the ladder because there are so many possibilities with it. It would almost be a crime against the ladder to just restrict it to Pilates. Nice. Yeah. I like that. It's a crime against the ladder. It is. It's so it versatile. Yeah. So um, speaking of, can you uh, just tell us, well, two part question that it just walk through the eight and one, um, okay. you know, the list. And then do you have any memories of like funny names that people like have set, like called it, like how, like they look at it and they're like, Whoa, like, what's I mean, that? everybody always thinks it's some weird, like sex dungeon thing, which is what people always think about everything Pilates related. Cause they see like, I mean, it's like, it is a rack essentially. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like a ladder and it's stretched out. <laughs> um, mostly people like comment on, like what their experience is when they take a class for the first time, because um, my thing is I'm kind of obsessed with people's ability to have grip strength and the ability to hang, which is not something that we really train in like Pilates or yoga or anything like that. And so when you have somebody who's just coming in from like a normal fitness background and you like want them to hang, for even 10 seconds, a lot of people can't do it. Like they don't have the grip strength to do it. If we're doing climbing at the beginning, it's like they're talking about how tired their arms are and whatever. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it's because you're weak in that position. Like we don't do enough pulling. Um, We do, I feel like most exercises are so pushing based. And when we're pulling, we're not pulling enough weight. Like we're not, you know, like I was reading, um, there's a very famous fitness teacher you may know who she is. You definitely know who she is, but I won't name her. But she, you know, has this thing about like women shouldn't lift heavy because we want to look like feminine and dainty or whatever. 
And um, there was a comment on um, an ad for one of her workouts. And this person said, like, if I do this workout where they're like lifting two pound weights, will I be able to do a pull up? And I'm like, no, but yeah. the, there were people commenting. They're like, definitely. And I was like, you have no concept of training. If you think that lifting a two pound weight will make you be able to lift a hundred and whatever pounds of your own weight. Like it just doesn't, it's illogical. So um, that's probably the thing we get the most comments on because we do, or I certainly do love to throw pull-up variations and things in classes um, and that people, you know, it's just really hard for them because it's not something they work, but much like we like doing hanging in um, on like the Pilates Cadillac where your feet are in the straps and you're hanging from your feet and you feel really good afterwards. I feel the same way about hanging from your hands, you know, that I feel like it just stretches everything and you just feel like so much more open Mm. than you did previously. But a lot of people say they feel like they have T-Rex arms after a ladder class because they have like their biceps are so sore that when they go to straighten their arms the next day, they like their arms don't want to straighten. Yeah. I hear It doesn't last though. So it might be like, you know, first class and then not really much past that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a novel thing. Like people definitely don't have a lot of wrist and strength and hand strength. Tara, do you do the hanging? When I have been able to get into the studio, yes, I have done the hanging. Unfortunately, I haven't done any hanging in months, and I know I'm going to suffer for that the next time, probably in a couple weeks when I go into the studio and pull around on the ladder before I teach on it again. Mm-hmm. Because I remember that first class I took on the ladder, and I had the same experience that Mariska was talking about, like, oh my gosh, this is intense. And mm-hmm. I considered myself pretty strong. You know, I would do hanging stuff in Pilates, hanging pull-ups on the Cadillac. But Mariska's exactly right. That is just not enough what they teach in Pilates to be strong, um, especially, you know, to hate a stereotype, but as a female in your upper body, just doing those couple of hanging things Mm -hmm. on the Cadillac, it's really not enough. And that's why I love the ladder that it's so versatile that you can do a lot more hanging and pulling things Mm -hmm. on it. But yeah, I'm going to suffer. I can barely open jars at home anymore at this point. (laughs) I mean, I think there's something to me, there's something very just empowering and badass about being a woman with a strong upper body. Like to me, that just feels like, I remember when I got my first pull up and I just felt like, you know, the second it happened, I'm like with my trainer and doing stuff. And I just had this huge grin on my face because I was like, oh my God, I just did a pull up. Mm. Like never. And I'm 45 years old. So this is not something, you know, I got my first pull up when I was like 43, but, um, then I broke my leg and things got like set back a lot, but I was not, you know, 22 years old or I wasn't a kid in a gymnastics class or whatever doing that. I was like, you know, a grown ass woman Mm -hmm. thinking like, I would like to be stronger than I was, you know, at that time. And then, you know, when I started going to my trainer, it was actually I wanted to work on handstands. And then he started, you know, having me do all these other things. And I was like, I guess it'd be cool to be able to do a pull up. Mm-hmm. It's um, I, I think it's one of the most important parts of a strength training program. Um, if and I don't go out on limbs and say general things like that almost ever. 
Um, but I'm only, um, because, you know, I obviously work with a vast different amount of, uh, variations in the individuals, but being able to do that is empowering. It is, um, such a, I I just, I come back to this, this mantra in my head with my strength training, which is honestly, this is going to sound kind of silly, but it really motivates me. And that's be harder to kill, be hard to kill in general, (laughs) because, uh, nothing, you know, seeing people kind of lose their freedom through this quarantine has reinforced that for me and, uh, gotten me to appreciate how much intentionality has gone into being a business owner and being as self-sufficient as possible and physical self-sufficiency can't can you truly do that if you are not working on your pooling and upper body strength full physical thing is like I feel that like let's say you take yogis like I tend to teach a lot of people who are really into yoga and a lot of them are complaining about wrist yeah. strength and sh- or wrist um, pain and shoulder pain and things like that. And I'm just like, because you're not moving your joints through their full range of motion, you're not asking them for all the things they can do. So mm-hmm. I used to have where if I was in a plank for any period of time, my wrists would hurt. My wrists absolutely never hurt. And I think that really is from doing things like gripping and hanging and things like that. It's like, to me, you should be able to hold your body weight for at least some period of time hanging. And you should be able to do exercises where you're in an overhead pressing Mm -hmm. position where you have more of your body weight than you would have if you were in a down dog. Mm -hmm. And to me, that can solve so many problems. A lot of people think they need to stretch their shoulders, which they do, stretch their shoulders, stretch their wrists or whatever. And I'm like, there's so much just about loading it in different ranges of motion. And so many people load their shoulders in this range of motion mm-hmm. and maybe in this range of motion, mm-hmm. but they're not loading it from hanging position and they're not loading it from a true overhead position. So those are both things that are really easy to do on the ladder, like doing sort of a chest to wall or like a handstand L on the ladder is easier than doing it on the wall. Cause you can kind of hook your feet or walk your feet up and then working on getting that strength. And then I never have shoulder pain anymore. I never have wrist pain. Um, and that's something I always had. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like, you know, I'm like, I don't know, I have a bad wrist. And it's like, well, I had a weak wrist. Yeah. Tara, do you have anything to add to the yoga comment? Well, I agree completely. And I resonate with a lot of what Mariska just said. And when I was doing yoga a lot, I did feel a lot of what she was talking about, you know, wrist pain, shoulder pain, because so much of yoga, you know, you do a million chaturangas, at least in a vinyasa flow class, which is what I was trained in for my methodology. And you do so much lowering down into chaturanga, you don't push yourself back up pretty much ever Mm. in a yoga class. And even in a down dog I might have to go off on a tangent about this, but there are so many yoga teachers who also don't understand shoulder biomechanics and will tell you to have the shoulders down your back in a down dog position, pushing your arms right. overhead. That Which doesn't work. Correct. Yeah. Right. So they don't understand. So then that sets you up for injury and failure. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had, I actually stopped doing yoga. I was very into yoga um, for a lot of years. And I, my shoulders were so messed up that I stopped doing yoga because I just always had like scapular pain and like whatever. And I think it was well-intentioned teachers who, you know, a lot of it was like, can you get yourself into this shape? And it's like, well, sort of, but like, not really, mm-hmm. you know, so I would always be having to go to like a chiropractor to put my sacrum back into its right position because I would pop it out doing some sort of like weird, um, flexibility thing that was mm-hmm. like a yoga thing. And that, I, that's actually really where I got into Pilates because I needed to be doing some sort of a workout and yoga wasn't it. Like I, I did Pilates, but I didn't do Pilates, mm. really do Pilates. Mm. Cause Pilates to me was like, just to make my yoga better. Mm. That's yeah. You brought up some really interesting points there. Um, one is talking about mobility through the lens of strength. And that is something, you know, when we talk about like the, the mission of this podcast, um, besides for my therapeutic benefit and, um, that I get to talk to, you know, the people that created the machine that I use almost every day and my doctor and (laughs) the mission of this podcast is to, you know, help people not be binary about their exercise. And I feel like uh, yoga is like, such a kind of it's it, almost like a promoter it like help it like can be a binary you know way of approaching your body um meaning like if you don't get into this position there's x y and z consequence and you know we're not going right. to get to that and i mean so much yeah. of it is like what how long is your humerus yeah. You know, like <laughs> how long are your arms? What's your wingspan? Like, yeah. can you yeah. even do a certain exercise based on your body proportions? But, um, you just, you just spoke my like new religion when you said mobility, mm-hmm. um, because I actually put a 30 day mobility challenge on, um, my new website, mm-hmm. which has like some fuse ladder classes on it as well, because I'm like, there is a huge difference between flexibility and mobility. Mm-hmm. And I am really big on owning the range of motion that you're using. Mm -hmm. Like if you cannot stabilize yourself Mm -hmm. in a certain range of motion, you don't own that range of motion. Like if you are hanging out in a split because you're just super flexible, but you can't engage your muscles so that you're hovering that split, like an inch off the floor. To me, you don't own that range of motion. Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to contract your muscles in the range of motion that you're putting them in. So I'm all about like doing fascial release and then dynamic range of motion training. Cause this is also a huge thing with people with neurological disease, mm. because a lot of them have a lot of muscle tightness that comes from um, a neurological symptom um, called spasticity. And you cannot do flexibility training with that. It actually backfires. So what you mm. need to do is like fascial release and range of motion work where people like I have, um, Tara is one of them, but I have other clients who have Ehlers-Danlos, which is a connective tissue disorder where people can, they're really bendy and really flexible, but they're so likely to hurt themselves because I would say they don't own that range of motion that their body can give them. Yeah. That's like the, that would be like the most like hard definition of that is having EDS 
You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. a, there's a whole continuum of uh, own it, uh, the own it philosophy. So in where I learned that um, muscle activation techniques has definitely taught me how to show people, you know, how to gain strength and flexibility at the same time. Right. Or, or mobility. Right. And then the other thing is, you know, um, before I set up anyone and myself uh, for a strength training workout, I am at, you know, what do you own? Like, what is your active range of motion? What can you tolerate? Which is something not everybody's going to understand about their body. I do because of the nature of my work. Um, and, you know, is that is and is does all of that match your goal? Like all the stuff that you're about to do, does it hit those check marks? Do you own it? What can you tolerate? Does it, you know, make sense? And like with um, all this like hanging and pull up talk, I um, love the uh, using the ladder for my isometric work, which is mm -hmm. the pillar of my mobility, right? So if I have range of motion here, um, let's say, it, my elbows don't go all the way behind me, people that can't see, and I want to um, practice that range of motion. I do it in my active range of motion with the ladder. I can do that supine. I can do that prone. I can do that with a spring. I can do that with assistance because, you know, with the sling. Yeah. And there's just like, so many ways to um, work through one range on this thing. And that was actually the, the big uh, reason I bought it. And then. Right. Cause you can just decide you were like, well, let's, what if this brings here? What yeah. it, like we can, you can put the spring on like any level. Yeah. I really love um, making people do stuff where you're using the rungs as targets because it's like, we all think we're lifting our leg up the same amount high for every rep, but that is not true. Mm -hmm. So it's a way harder thing to be in like a quadruped and have your Got foot between yeah. the rungs mm -hmm. and say, lift it up to touch the next rung every single time so that you know, you're going through exactly the same range of motion each time. And then once you got that range of motion, can you go higher? And then people don't need to do as many reps because they're doing them. They can't cheat. Mm, yeah. Um, speaking of cheating, Tara. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jen. So, Tara. Speaking yep. of cheating. <laughs> I'm, I'm the cheater. You're the, you're, you're my keeper. Oh, well, thank you. Well, we all cheat and I, I shouldn't say all, some people might not, but yeah. I mean, I cheat all the time too. You know, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, uh, do you have anything to add to that as far as like teaching and like, especially in my practice where we are so focused on strength and yeah. not, you know, I'm, I'm so, I, I want to be removed from, you know, the, the magic marketing words that Pilates and yoga folks like to use, which is like lengthen tone and, um, oh, somebody's at my door. Um, okay. So, you know, thinking about it, um, in, yeah. So what do you have to say about that? I just wanted your comment on that. Sure. Um, going back to what Mariska was saying, how the ladder is so versatile and working with different populations and their needs, you know, different ends of the spectrum from neurological disorders, very hypermobile, 
everyone in between, you know, weekend warrior athlete types that I love that the latter because of the rungs and the spring tension, especially for folks who are hypermobile, which is a lot of my client base, that it closes the chain. And that helps people find the strength in a very safe and effective way to find their true range of motion and work that mobility, but not go beyond to the point where it's unsafe. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Do you have anything you wanted to add to that, Mariska? So I actually really started doing strength training and Mm -hmm. having that be something I was focused on because um, I have MS. And if you have a neurological disease, like this one, chances are you've been on some pretty nasty medication in your life. And those medications can cause early onset osteoporosis. So when I was in my late thirties, I had my first bone density test. Mm. And those are normally not done until you're like 50 or 60 years old, even though I'm like the poster child of who would get osteoporosis because it runs in my family and I'm thin and white. So I have like all these different, um, risk factors anyway, but I already had osteopenia. So I already had low bone density. And so I knew that like, you know, one of the best ways to build bone density was through strength training, but doing footwork on the reformer, even if you have all the springs on is nothing compared to doing like, like a real squat. Mm -hmm. Like it just isn't. And, um, I think a lot of people want to make the stuff they are used to doing fit every single problem, you know? So it's like, Oh, well, I'm a Pilates teacher. So I'm going to teach, I'm going to fix people's bone density problems only using the Pilates system, only using the classical Pilates system. And to me, it's like, it's not heavy enough. Mm -hmm. You need to do standing, which to me, that's like a big thing that I do love about the ladder is I need to work on balance. That's another MS thing. I need to do standing weight bearing exercise as do most people. Mm-hmm. And in the Pilates world, um, you don't get the standing exercises until you're really advanced, but mm-hmm. don't the least advanced people need standing probably even more than the most advanced people. You know, it's sort of a little bit backwards, but they're like considered like the standing arm springs are considered advanced. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, well, that's insane. So what we need to be doing is providing people um, the workout that actually does meet what their needs and goals are. So that's actually when I started working with a trainer um, and my bone density is perfectly fine now, but it was, you know, that I was going and doing deadlifts and squats. And then when the ladder kind of came a little bit after that, but once I had the ladder, then it was a lot of standing work, just standing lunges, because one of the best ways to work on osteoporosis is even just standing and walking. Mm-hmm. So being able to add more of those kind of things to my workout was meeting a need that I had mm-hmm. that I feel like I did my body a really big disservice for a lot of years because Pilates was really my only workout. Mm-hmm. And I was actually way better at Pilates then than I am now. Like I literally just taught a class um, and I was like, yeah, my teaser is kind of bad mm-hmm. right now because I don't really work on it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I'd rather have, you know, a really good squat where I can go almost all the way down to the floor. Like that's more what I'm into 
mm-hmm. at the moment because it also makes me feel way better. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought I'd like doing more strength focused things. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the latter, like there was more push ups, there was more stuff that were like harder mm-hmm. things. And then I felt more. I know I like we've already said empowered, but I think that mm-hmm. is probably the best way to describe it. Like I felt more empowered being really strong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there to second that there is honestly nothing I've found for women to be more empowering that is packaged in one thing is to like, you know, pull yourself up, have a squat, have a, a rack on and squat, you know? Yeah. Well, with rhythm, with a controlled rhythm tempo. <laughs> um, and yeah. And I think yeah. Pilates is so focused on pretty. Yes. You know, and that's a lot of women's workouts to me. It's like, Oh, we're going to do this dancey thing. It's gonna be all pretty. And it's like, I mean, if I'm doing a workout that I think is like a really good workout, it's going to be ugly. Like my mm-hmm. ponytail is going to be crazy. I'm going to be grunting on that last rep. And I'm, all about like working to failure mm-hmm. and like seeing like, can you squeeze out that one more thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and to me, that has been a total turnaround of like what my workout focus was because it was like, I wanted to be really pretty in what mm-hmm. I was doing. And that, um, you know, and I did get to the point where, like my Pilates was what people would describe as it would like, I had a really good Pilates practice because it was like really pretty. Mm. And then, you know, I started working with my mentor who passed away sadly several years ago. Um, But everyone in his studio was doing the ugliest Pilates I've ever seen, but it was way more strength based. And it was just like, people were like grunting and sweating and like not looking perfect, but they were like working really hard. And I remember leaving that and being like, just wrung out, exhausted and feeling like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. Nice. Yeah. I, what was I going to say? Back to the balance thing and the standing. Um, So just to clarify, you're kind of like saying with the balance, the bone density, um, preventing osteoporosis, maybe treating it with the standing exercises. Can you revisit that? I'm very curious. Um, yes. So, um, well, balance is an issue also for people with neurological disease. So I have, um, a very locked left ankle. Mm -hmm. Um, it just doesn't move at all. So my balance is kind of questionable and I get a little bit of vertigo sometimes. So balance training is something that you can balance is a learned behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you see somebody walking on a tightrope, they didn't like just do that. Like Mm -hmm. obviously they've been doing some balance training. And I think a lot of times people think balance training is standing on a BOSU, but standing on a BOSU is not really orientationally accurate for like how you would go through balance in life, because normally you're standing on like the floor or maybe you're outside and then you're on grass or whatever. For the record, I, I, yeah, I'd say the BOSU is kind of worthless. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I have one. I've never used it for anything. Um, but if I'm doing like balance training to me, it should be like, can you stand on one foot? Mm. And then can you do movement when you're standing on one foot? So when you're standing on one foot, you're also loading that hip 
and you're loading that knee and you're loading that ankle. And um, so a lot of like what we work on with clients with neurological conditions is working on hip stability. Well, hips are an area also where people, you know, if you fall and you break your hip because you have low bone density, that's like a ticket straight to a nursing home for older people. And like a lot of people never leave. So if I'm working with any kind of older client, like Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be doing balance work and hip stability work because you just don't know, you know, what somebody's bone density is, you know, Mm -hmm. you can like guess if somebody's like an older woman that probably their bone density isn't great, but this could also happen to men. Um, People who have taken steroids for not like anabolic steroids, but steroids for like um, a neurological disease, they're terrible for your bones. So mm. I would assume that most people who had been on them will have like some bone density issues, but what you really need to do is load yeah, like your body weight. And even just doing things like walking is considered enough. I would say if you want to speed it up, then lift heavy things, mm-hmm. you know, and you can even do that with the the ladder because you can take the like two springs low and take the roll down bar. And it's basically like you're doing a squat. You just have the weight pulling down mm-hmm. with the springs instead of pulling down because you have plates on a barbell. So there's definitely ways to work yeah. on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's how I do my step ups. There you go. Oh, that yeah. sounds hard. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's creating more ways to weight the body Mm-hmm. correct to gravity mm-hmm. of how we actually go through life. I think one of the things that the the fitness industry doesn't realize about using this ladder is there's an like how what a spring load offers because right. the, in the fitness industry it's you know Weights. 10 pounds equals 10 pounds which right. is totally not true. Um 10 pounds here is different than 10 pounds you know, out at at a different, on a different lever or at a different distance from your body. But, you know, the fitness industry, I'm sorry, it's just full of dummies. And then the other, or they're looking at machines and they think, oh, 50 pounds in that machine equals 50 pounds. And when we're talking about doing a fitness regimen without numbers in mind, right? that, that changes, that could change the trajectory of you being able to actually continue the exercise because you're not doing it on an ego-based number. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I always say, you know, springs, they're progressive resistance. So yeah. it's like, it's heavier, the more it's stretched. Mm-hmm. Like, and when people ask what it weighs, I'm like, I have no idea. Like I have like the rogue fitness bands, you know, for um, doing some of the stuff with my trainer And so he'd say like, oh, I think this one is supposed to provide 15 pounds of assistance or resistance. Cause a lot of times we're using it for like body weight dips or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, how much do we think this, this way? So you kind of, it's like hard to know Mm -hmm. because you also have to put in the, well, what's the angle of the pull? Mm -hmm. You know, is it like, if it's straight, that's going to be easier. Like sometimes, and also thinking of the, um, that sometimes it's assistive, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, a, yes. it's, it's assistance or mm-hmm. it's resistance. And it just kind of depends on angles and load and different positions. And so mm-hmm. that's why I always say there's like, 
there's so many hundreds of exercises on the ladder and all of them can be changed based on changing spring heights, you know, whether you're using springs at all, um, spring weights, we actually now have like long red springs. So we have springs that are even heavier than the purples because put my name on one of those, please. (laughs) Oh, just, yeah, just let me know. But we, I mainly made those to have more assistance rather Mm -hmm. than more resistance. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's this um, guy, his name's spelled guy, but it's Guy, um, Mm -hmm. Guy Romain, who owns um, Neuro360 um, Fit in Florida. And he only works with spinal cord injured patients. So we actually gifted him a ladder. And um, mainly it was because he does cool stuff and I wanted to see what he would do with it. Mm. And so he needs heavier springs. So Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, we're going to get him like a heavier set of springs. Or there's um, a guy who has a ladder out in Palo Alto, uh, Palm Springs, Mm -hmm. um, California named Sean Bergera. So you might know him um, if you follow Plies people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And he's just a big dude. Like Mm -hmm. he's big. And so we wanted him to have like something that was like harder but for like the spinal cord injured people, we want something to be more supportive. So it's just, you know, you want different spring weights and lengths and everything for all of those different purposes. Mm. Yeah. Tara, what are you going to use the heavier springs for, for me and like the other people that you train here? Well, I'll definitely use them more as added resistance for you for strengthening. Whereas for some other clients, like I can picture my my ego loves you right now. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) But for some other clients, like picturing the ones with more hypermobility EDS Mm -hmm. clients, definitely using it for more support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things I wanted it for too, was because I really love doing um, like the TRX type um, suspension exercises. And I can like, I weigh 120 pounds. So the purple springs set pretty high will like just lift me right up. But if I have some guy who weighs literally twice what I weigh, like asking him to be able to do the same exercise, which is kind of funny because they look at me and they're like, I don't understand how you can do that. And I can't do that. And I'm just like, yeah, because the spring is helping me so much more than it's helping you, mm-hmm. you know? So having that, um, because they're such fun exercises and they're so unique to what we do that um, I wanted that to be accessible for more people. Mm. Um, I really, okay. So my, one of the other themes of this podcast is like ongoing conversations <laughs> because when I, um, I, I, cause I'm so inspired by hearing all this stuff. Right. And like, so I just want to sit here and like, tell you about the gains that I've made with my, uh, mobility, especially around the rib cage and especially around my rotation for golf. So in my studio, my particular area of expertise is, uh, muscle activation techniques, working with muscle tightness, injury prevention, chronic injury, and specifically with like a lot of athletes, you know, how much, um, I've been able to teach them on the ladder from getting them off the table, um, doing muscle activation techniques. And so, and then to get them on the ladder and increase their mobility right away and, um, or reteach their squat and give them support underneath their hips. Amazing. I could talk about this all day. I also am like 
so excited um, to hear about more of your uh, pull-up progressions and regressions and helping people with that because I spent, my main quarantine goal was working on a pull-up program with the ladder. Um, and I learned so much about my body and so much about the system, um, through this, the past four months, <laughs> but did you um, do the sideways chin yes. up yeah, with the neutral grip? Yeah. So that would be a perfect example of somebody posted it on Instagram doing it that way. And mm-hmm. I had never thought about it. And they said, Oh, I thought that's why you had the two pull-up bars the way yeah. you have them. And I was like, no, I had the inside bar for doing like hanging ab work and the outside bar for doing pull-ups. But I never thought that, you know, I sort of accidentally created a neutral grip, which is a very, like a, a really good width too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I accidentally created a good width neutral grip chin up it's, position. It's great. It is. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Um, and yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, I, I could keep talking about that for sure. <laughs> Tara, did we miss anything that, that we wanted to get to? I don't think so. No, I think we covered everything, but I also just wanted to geek out a little more about the whole balance thing, since I know we all love our balance training, the three of us, but, mm-hmm. um, as you and Mariska both intimately know, I had a pretty severe ankle injury 10 months ago. And I actually did my fuse ladder training while I was in the boot for that's true. I forgot about that, which just also goes to show how versatile the ladder can be that you can literally be in a boot and not be able to stand up and can use it. But I trained extensively with Mariska during my rehab for my injury. And I have to credit her and the ladder so much with getting my balance back on track for my left foot and ankle. It's actually better on some days now than my right foot that using the springs as resistance as like a counterbalance Mm. while standing on my leg and pressing the springs back to have something to push into really, really helped me to stabilize. So props to you, Mariska on that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Oh man, that's another thing I could talk about. This is getting, getting in with a hip abduction, adduction, and the fact that it is one of the most functional pieces of equipment I've ever seen for being able to train adduction and abduction is so important for all those sports that I just mentioned. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, just so grateful for that. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, so we didn't, we didn't say it, but you asked it and now it will put me on the spot and I'm the eight and one. So yoga Pilates bar strength training, suspension training, balance, flexibility, always forget one cardio cardio. Oh yeah, of course. I, yeah, I've yeah. been using that. I, I use it for step ups. I use the assisted running, um, or I use it a, like an overspeed running. I've used it on clients to test their running gait with wearable sensors that have the ability to test ground reaction forces that I can measure how much each tibia is, um, getting as far as ground reaction forces. So that sounds very cool. And I need to come and have you 
like show me all this stuff because like you just were saying words that I didn't really know what they meant. <laughs> um, so I can do biomechanical testing and uh, the, so what we'll do is we'll put the sensors on the tibia and we can test to see if they're in a running, um, if they are running, how much force is going up through each leg. And Interesting. yeah, so the less force that's going through the leg, either the lower impact the exercise is or the more force that your muscles are overcoming. Um, so we're really looking for like making sure there's an, uh, a lack of, uh, there's more of a balance than it is like 20% more on the other leg, which would indicate we need to do some injury prevention training. Um, so I put people, I, I put them with the assisted sling position and I can have them do high knee, like running, um, mm-hmm. meaning like, uh, copy a high speed situation and see how much force is going through their legs. Or I can do the opposite. If we're getting someone back to running, um, after a foot injury or something like that, um, I can offload with the, with the springs and the sling and see what, at what point they start to, um, overcompensate, meaning actually using one leg more. And it's for, it's freaking awesome. Like it's, it's, and people get a lot out of that. Um, I can't even, you know, tell you how many different types of people I've, I've done that with, um, <laughs> from, uh, you know, people that sprint to, uh, my golfers to, you know, people that just want to walk, run for leisure. And anyways, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, is there, can you tell us, um, before we wrap up about your new online platform, um, what you're up to, um, and in this quarantine time, because I'm, um, with the MS stuff, I'm phase four for being able to like theoretically go back out into the world. So I just decided to do more online stuff. So um, I built out mariskabreland.com. And there's like an online video section to that. Um, And it's like $15 a month, which is, you know, practically nothing. And um, there's like a two week trial. And I have Pilates mat, reformer, Cadillac chair classes. I have fused Mm -hmm. ladder I actually have a 30 day mobility challenge on there where we do mobility exercises for it's actually like fascial work then to a mobility exercise for basically all parts of the body. And then my goal is to add strength exercises on there. So um, think front squats, back squats, cyclist squats, um, just different things from the strength training world. I'm also Mm going to do gymnastics rings because that's one of my personal favorite things. I absolutely love doing gymnastics ring work. So front levers, back levers, not like I can do like a full one. So I do tuck levers, which is clearly less body weight to like try to hold up. Um, But just basically like a one stop shop for like the workouts I like to do. Mm, Cool. So Um, hopefully I will get enough people to make up for the fact that I'm working very, very little, but we're really going after trying to get some venture funding for ladder so that mm-hmm. we can, you know, take over the fitness universe with that. Because I do think we have um, a really, really, really great product. And there's like so many fitness products out there that I don't think are really great. 
So being able to offer something that is now it's kind of, it's our focus has shifted. You know, we were very much studio focused and now I think we're home fitness focused because Mm -hmm. of COVID. I think that's changed a lot. So that's sort of changed how we want to pitch it, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, we're working on that. So if anyone listening to this has like, you know, a load of cash and wants to (laughs) invest in something, I just like to point out that mirror which is a fitness thing that I don't even understand just sold for half a billion dollars um, to Lululemon. So I think investing in fitness is definitely the way to go. Well, especially, yeah. So I, I definitely, well, Tara knows we've been thinking this way for a couple of years and I really believe that the next place that fitness is going is going to be Um, where we are really giving people the tools to be more resilient and going away from showing off the pretty stuff, just all the fluff, all the vanilla BS and uh, people, you know, living off of their, how they look and, you know, how um, essentially how much they abuse their body with exercise. And, you know, so I think, you know, for me, I'm so happy to be able to, you know, have a platform and, and show people where the, where those tools are, who are those people that are guiding you to the tools that are going to give you, um, the ability to work on physical self-sufficiency, mental self-sufficiency, um, and beyond like what a virus is and how much it's changed our perspective on like social responsibility, like how much it's changed your personal responsibility, you know, how much, it's, um, is it, has it fueled your own, uh, I don't know, motivation to be healthy, to have, you know, again, be harder to kill. Right. And every sense Mm -hmm. of the word, the zombies, um, (laughs) I I don't think aliens would kill us. I think we're just too entertaining for them, but you know, (laughs) if we were talking like, uh, if we're talking about the virus and all the, you know, um, evil things that were, oh God, that my brain goes through that could happen to us. I just think being able to back to like being empowered and lifting, literally lifting yourself up. Um, this ladder is just such a goodbye and, uh, seeing it in more people's homes would make Tara and I very happy because Tara can train them (laughs) virtually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, do you have anything to add or ask or whatever before we log off? I don't think so. I mean, definitely uh, if people want to check it out, fuseladder.com. Um, we, we have like all these goals with like rebranding and stuff like that. It's a little difficult right now when you can't get into places to shoot things. So mm-hmm. it's basically me and another trainer that used to work with us um, doing some exercises, but you can sort of see what some of those are. And then I always encourage people to find us on Instagram because then you can see what people are doing mm-hmm. literally all over the world with it. Um, that was yeah. like probably one of the coolest things to me. I never thought I would invent anything certainly. And um, that it would be sold in like Australia and Europe. And we have, um, distributors in the works for Asia and the Middle East. So, you know, that was, you know, like if you would have said I would have done that in life or even that I would be in the fitness world because I was the kid who hated gym class 
<laughs> you know, life takes its interesting turns. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Tara, but do you thank you. Time? Yeah. Thank you, Mariska. Well, it's funny mentioning the gym class thing. I was just having flashbacks of always being the kid picked last in gym class as well and everything and always being the worst at push-ups and everything. And when we were talking about pull-ups, I also had flashbacks remembering the presidential fitness test. The flex arm hang. Yes. Mm. That maybe, maybe there's something to that, but maybe the gym teachers just didn't go about that in the right way. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I mean, building yourself back up from uh, what your gym teacher said is um, actually something we have to encounter as adults. <laughs> um, anyways, thank you both for being here and uh, being a part of my Think Fit, Be Fit community. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me, Tara, and Mariska on Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. You can sign up for the newsletter at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com or at impactyourfitness.net for classes, online, virtual options with Tara. And you can check out Mariska at mariskabreland.com, M-A-R-I-S-K-A-B-R-E-L-A-N-D.com. And at Fuse Ladder on Instagram or FuseLadder.com. We had such a good time uh, sharing these stories with you. And if you have any questions about the Fuse Ladder, do not be, um, don't hide. Please come out and uh, talk to Mariska. She was such an, obviously an inspiration, but she's been really supportive through my purchase and installation and uh, teaching on the fuse ladder so obviously without um obviously i support you know and endorse this product thank you so much for being here and i look forward to seeing you on social and hearing about what you've learned on think fit be fit podcast have a great week